how do you strike that balance between work life and your personal life? Um, the, the first thing I do is I, I write down what my priorities are. Then I look at my schedule and my available time. And then I allocate the number of hours that I think each of these important tasks need. And I always leave about an hour a day just for um, just either doing nothing, me time or something that comes up. That's, I, you would say it's very important to have, uh, you know, these slots of, uh, you know, filling in your personal life and also managing your business goals as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not a fairy tale, you know, like people uh, talk about work-life work balance and, you know, how that's what we need to do. But it, in, I, I, you know, to be honest, in the legal profession, it doesn't really exist. Like you have to force it. It's not existent. It's not going to be given to you by someone else. It can only be given to you by yourself. And I think that nowadays we don't have enough time to get everything done that we want to get. So I, like for me, the most important thing is every week to write down what I want to get done and, and, you know, based on my own values, that's how you create work-life balance. You don't create it by, by this vision that you, you're going to get everything done at the same time or, or that you have to lose or um, compromise on something. You obtain it by writing it down and, uh, and doing your schedule about how, how about doing it. It really reduces stress and brings you closer to your goal. And I think, uh, you know, drawing on a point that you brought up with stress and sometimes even anxiety and forcing your way uh, into a position where you can actually create that, um, you know, that balance between your personal and also your, your business goals is very important for a lawyer because, um, like you said, it's, you, lawyers, we have, to, we have to kind of force it, right? It's not something that is going to come. And with, you know, just being a lawyer, it's, 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 uh, it's a very hefty, very stressful task. And if you aren't the person who's like, you know, managing the wheel or like trying to steer the direction that you want your career to go in, um, no one else is going to do it for you. Right. Yeah. All right. And so the second question, I mean, uh, you know, you spoke about, you know, your daughter and, and, and being a mother and you also spoke about, uh, you know, how you have to balance that with your career and your, your very demanding career. What would, what advice would you give to lo young lawyers, right? Or young women, young women lawyers, or, you know, law students, who are, who are thinking of setting up themselves, you know, uh, having a family and also trying to be, have a successful legal career. Cause I, I don't know if um, uh, you probably know this better than anybody, but, uh, or anybody in the legal profession knows this, that our profession is uh, statistically gendered biased. I mean, Absolutely. we have a lot of uh, female uh, law students who are graduating law school, but statistically we don't have a lot of female uh, lawyers who are, you know, managing partners or partners at law firms, and you've done it, right? So what do you think uh, are some necessary steps that you think that you've made in your career that help, you know, project you or made you successful in where you are today? You know, I, I think success comes from having a balance. And until before I had my, uh, my daughter, I didn't have a balance. So I, I you know, I, you know, I did well at what I was doing, you know, I was doing a lot of litigation and, you know, running the business, but I had a lot of physical problems, you know, I had panic attacks, I had, uh, my body was reacting, I was sensitive to diet, I couldn't sleep, I had insomnia, I had, at points, I think I even had depression, and I'm, and I'm pretty open about these things, so if that's the environment that, despite the success, my mental health and my physical health were really deteriorating, and when she was born, I was forced to create a balance because I, I decided, you know, I'm not going to cut corners. I'm not going to be, you know, like a negli negligent 
<laughs> a neglectful uh, mother or whatever. So I, I, I think there's so many opportunities out there and the law students are only told that the real opportunities are in big firms, you know, like yeah. that's the mistake. They, they think that you're only going to be accepted or become a good and successful lawyer if you work for a big firm and follow a typical big, big firm culture, which is not inclusive of uh, women who want to basically, you know, have a family at, at sometimes, you know, not all of them, but some of them, and, and most, most of it is silent, you know, they don't come and tell you, we don't yeah. like pregnant women. They just, you know, you know, they're lawyers. So uh, they're, they're pretty good at, at making sure that it's silent. But, you know, what I realized is that the world was so much bigger outside of law school. Anything that I wanted to do, any path that I wanted to have, there were opportunities to achieve it. And the only thing that was standing between me and, and working at the, at the appropriate legal environment was number one, my fear. And number two, my lack of knowledge, because all I was told at law school was that we were having, you know, like uh, summer student interviews, big yeah. interviews, and you go from, from kiosk to kiosk, and, and that's it. But in the real world, there's thousands upon thousands of opportunities where people, like women who want to have a life and have children and families are celebrated, such as, you know, the culture at my own firm. Yeah. So I you know the, the advice that i would give is please like don't don't think that in order to become successful you have to fit this mold that mold is not working anymore that it's really not working anymore Agreed. we're actually shifting a different direction and they're getting forced to shift their direction so you know you you your choices are to be at the forefront of that change and not being afraid of it or or being afraid and following that old module that's really like in my case only created more problems and more uh, more of an unhealthy life um than if i just from the very beginning had my yeah. priorities that's very true and I, I mean you you mentioned about you know the 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 direction where your law firm is going would you say that covid actually made it easier for you to make you know adapt to it because of the way that your law firm is situated or um, you know, where do you, where do you see uh, the legal profession going in a couple of years, especially because, you know, we have this whole introduction of COVID and people are starting to work from home and we're, we're being separated away from our, you know, our offices and our files and stuff. And then we add on top of that, uh, this idea that, you know, there isn't really a work-life balance. Now we have to try to manage that work-life balance within our own health homes and yeah. like in our habitat. So, you know, what, what, what comments do you have on that? And where do you see the legal profession going from this? And do you think this actually, you know, helped progress the legal profession or digressed it? Very good question. And it's a loaded question, but yeah. It, so the one good change that COVID has brought about is that it's kind of like, as far as, you know, growth of a law firm goes, I'm talking like business wise, you know, like yeah. the typical traditional law firm, the lawyers would get, you know, clients from word of mouth, from networking, from schmoozing, from attending all these events that I'm sure a lot of law students have, have attended that doesn't exist anymore, right? Yeah. So there's been a shift on bringing everything into the online world, which I think is actually really good, both for lawyers, you know, if they want to learn something, there's a lot more blogs now than it was pre-COVID, because if you want to get business, you have to blog online, you can't just go to another, you know, dinner or whatever. Yeah. And it's also kind of like shifting the, the technology and marketing, marketing of the legal profession to uh, a technology-based era. So that what we did from the beginning and for that reason um, my firm has been doing really well because we already have the online presence 
and we don't have too many you know competitors at this point because we have a lot more seniority so as far as the business aspect of it yes it's do it's going well as long as sorry as far as the remote work um, aspect of it that's a real challenge within any organization you know like uh, a lawyer told me and i couldn't agree more that you know the most brilliant creative solutions to every case come from that moment when you're by the water cooler and you're grabbing a glass of water and another lawyer walks by and you say hey i have this issue what do you think of it those moments uh, are very natural you know like they're not forced so when you're working from home you know those opportunities are a lot less because you know you you maybe don't feel like picking up the phone and calling somebody worrying about interrupting them so there's definitely a loss when you don't have in-person interactions um what we did during the lockdown was to have weekly zoom meetings where you know all of us were just kind of talking to each other and throwing out ideas it's not perfect but it helped us and nowadays with when and now that the lockdowns have um have kind of lowered i find i've given as of actually <laughs> yesterday i think i've given you know the people who work for us the, the the choice to either work from home indefinitely or come to the office and you know observe the guidelines and it it feels like the people like me who have children and stuff they they really can't manage actually you know working at home yeah. with a child with the noise added and you know run a case so they want to come to work and then there are those people who are kind of like single and you know the home is silent and quiet and they can work from the pajamas and they work from home i think as much as we can the the, the key in making sure that we kind of like adapt to this change is to be flexible within the parameters that were given not to say now everybody has to work remotely or now everybody has to come to the office it's just kind of give people the choice to find uh, that balance again and and you know like find that spot where they feel the most productive that's what we're doing and so far it seems like it's working wow so you would say that like you know each lawyer has their own subjective balance and for you as like a leader of a law firm it's you have to give them the opportunity to find that balance and covid yeah. is making a lot more harder because now they have to kind of for, they're kind of forced in positions where they didn't think would be possible previously and now yeah. they have to find like a brand new you know uh you know balance between work life and and uh, uh you know their professional life and, and sorry their personal life and i think uh, you know i agree with you definitely i mean uh, being an articling student, one of the you know biggest challenges for me is that you know when I thought you know walking into uh, my articling position, I'd get the opportunity to speak with billions and millions and all these lawyers and you know collaborate with them and speak to them about some of the ideas, some of the difficulties and challenges that I'm going through on a file. But um, it's it's really hard because there's two there's two I think there's two hurdles about it, right? There's that one hurdle that do I should I really call them? Is it that urgent? Because I'm sure yeah. they're super busy versus when if I'm in an office, I could just walk by them and see them. Hey, you know, that file that you, you gave, you gave me, um, you know, I have this question about it. It's easier to do that. Right. And on the other hand, you're encouraged to actually do the, uh, you know, speak to people on these zoom calls or for us, it's like this WebEx and, uh, you know, as an article student, it's very challenging because we're basically thrown into this, uh, I, I would say like this cultural hub or this like, this uh, this arena of people who are already know each other, and then now we have to like you know manage those relationships at the same time, work for multiple different people, and then yeah. not have the opportunity to communicate with them the same way we would or the same way they did when they were arguing students. No, I I, I mean this you again touched on another very excellent point. It's 
especially for an articling student, like you're still a student, you know, like yeah. that's why you can say you're an articling student. And you know, what, what you need the most is, is to learn not just from people's words, but from their thoughts, from their body language, from the way they present themselves, you know, like everything is a learning experience. And, you know, to take what you said a bit further, I feel even worse for actual law students right now because yeah. I'm talking to some of them and they're, they feel isolated. They don't have that, you know, social, a lot of, you know, as you may know, a lot of law students kind of like relocate to different provinces because of law school. So the only community they really have is, you know, their school and their school friends and, you know, the teachers and kind of getting together and they've lost that, you know, they find it isolating. They're, they can only spend so many hours a day studying and, you know, they're not like working or moving. So, you know, th th there's a reason why you see on, you know, on the news headlines that, you know, the, 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 the rate of suicide has quadrupled or, you know, the, the overdoses and stuff like that. We're all really craving that human connection for so many different reasons. And a simple virus has made us kind of lose one of our main instincts, which is touch. And by touch, I don't mean physical touch. Yeah. I mean, you know, verbal touches, you know, body language. This is all like connections where uh, we can't touch and we can't connect. And that's one of our instincts. So it, it results in a lot of, you know, mental issues such as depression and overdoses and, and self-harm or harming others. So, you know, I, I just like everybody, everybody's looking for an answer or an out. And I don't think any of us has any answer right now. And the only thing we can do, what I tell myself every day when I wake up, is number one, that this is temporary. It's not going to be forever. And just like everything else, in a few months after everything's gone back to normal, we're likely not even going to, like, we're going to remember the days and how hard they were, but we're going to move on very quickly and we're going to reestablish these connections. I mean, we're going to lose some chances, but during the entirety of our lives, which is going to be, you know, probably a hundred times, a uh, hundred times uh, longer than this virus um, episode, yeah. we are going to have a chance to reconnect. It's just like right now, what do I need to do to flow with this change and adapt to it and find good in it? And, you know, the, the, the answer to that question is very personal. And I really invite anybody who talks to me to just remember every day that this is temporary. It's not forever. I think, I think you make a very good point. And I, uh, I'm really happy that we can you know, wrap up and end on this very good note is that the idea that it is very temporary, right? We, yes, we have, we're going through some sort of difficulty with uh, not being able to uh, meet with other students, especially myself. When I went to Windsor, I actually moved away and, you know, yeah. lived in, in the city of Windsor. And I had that collegial environment where I could speak to some of my buddies and, you know, all these mm -hmm. law students came together and we could think collaboratively. And I think what really made law school super special is that idea that you get to I don't think that there's, you know, I wouldn't say that there's any time in your life, especially within the legal profession where you get to meet this many lawyers in like yeah. a classroom setting. And then, yeah. uh, but you're all on the same level kind of thing. Like you're all, you're all learning and, yeah. and, and, and no, nothing, nothing that you say incorrectly or, or nothing that you say wrong is going to hurt you. It's actually going to benefit you. Right. And that's the great thing about law school. But uh, like you said, you know, you know, the challenges that we're facing and the difficulties that we're going through is temporary. And mm -hmm. I hope that, you know, uh, this conversation with myself and you can, uh, you know, help a lot of students when they listen to this. And hopefully I can, you know, speak to other lawyers who, who can speak on, on, on some of the issues that law, uh, law students are facing while this whole COVID pandemic is going on. So uh, I don't want to take uh, much of your time anymore. I really respect it. And I, 
I, I thank you for this opportunity to speak with you. I know you're super, super, super busy. And uh, that was the episode two of Lawyers and Coffee. Uh, we end off on a ritual, like I said before. We, we, drink, we drink our coffee and we cheers to the camera. So thank you very much, Lena. Hope you have a wonderful day. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Have a nice day. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.